In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello everyone and welcome to the League One Preview podcast here on the Lower League Look Network. I am once again joined by Callum for today's preview show. Hello Callum. Hello Sam, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, not too bad. It's been a busy day uh, as always, but uh, yeah, not doing too bad. Although I have recently found out that my football manager is refusing to load. So that oh puts, no. Uh, yeah, I'm, That's a, I'm a bit annoyed. So going to have to go down the tech hole to, to fix that. I presume you're... Your Just entertainment's working all right. For some... I've tried that. I've uninstalled it. It's, it's not working. <laughs> There's probably some extension you've got installed and it won't work. Probably. I blame the uh, the logo packs I installed recently. <laughs> the 60 <laughs> gigabyte of logo packs. Yeah, probably. Uh, but no, been a good week uh, so far. How about you? Good, yeah. Bit, very busy, but, um, you know, it makes the week go a bit faster, get to the weekend a little bit faster. Beautiful so... stuff, which is uh, where all the juicy action happens, isn't it? Yes, unless you're certain fans of certain football clubs, and then misery, odd pun misery, happens every single week. Yeah, so, we'll uh, we'll get into that. Yeah, so the four games we've picked uh, this week, we've got Barnsley versus Derby, uh, Reading versus Shrewsbury, uh, Blackpool versus Bolton, and Charlton versus Portsmouth. They're the four games we're going to do a deep dive of, and then you've obviously got the other eight games uh, that we'll do a quick uh, whip around on. So, but before we start, I have a trivia question for you, Callum. Go on. So there is uh, only three League One teams that have scored in every game in 2024. Do you know who they are? Could have an educated guess at probably Portsmouth. Nope. Portsmouth's not on the list. uh, Bolton is definitely on the list. Is Bolton not on it? Nope, they didn't score against us. Well, then, obviously, Leighton Orient's one of them. Yep. <laughs> um, just because it's you asking this question, isn't it? So, uh, mm. um, weirdly, for some reason, I'm thinking, I, I, like, there's got to be another lower league side, like a, a Burton or a, or a Northampton in there, I think, right? Nope. So, the teams are Orient, on. Yeah. Wigan, which surprised me, That's, to be honest, yeah. and then Barnsley. Which Barnsley. didn't really surprise me, just purely because of the form that they have. No, I should I should have seen that because I've been I've been looking at Barnsley going into uh, like as we say going into those deep dive games, but mm. uh, yeah, Barnsley that they're, they're they're an interesting side. Barnsley, we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, I've got a bit of a, a trivia fact Ooh. for you. Go on. Then. So uh, the first MLS goal of the season was scored last night, and <laughs> I'm, I'm aware this has some sort of relevance. Um, was scored by a guy called Robert Taylor, who used to who was playing alongside um, Lionel Messi and Luis Suarez, and was obviously assi- assisted by uh, Messi for that first goal. 
Uh, first of all, which League One side did he used to play for? There's no no hint there. Uh, and which now current ninth tier side did he go on loan at? Oh, bloody hell. Um, so it's going to be two teams that are going to be in relatively the same city if he's gone to a ninth tier team. Yeah. So I, I'm either going to say Cambridge, but I don't know what division Cambridge City are in, or Burton. And I'll go with Burton just purely because I think Cambridge City are in the sixth or seventh tier. So it was Lincoln City. He oh. played for Lincoln City between 2011 and 2013, I believe, uh, and went on loan and made a single appearance for Boston Town, who are now in the fifth tier of non-league and the ninth tier of English football. <laughs> that about sums up the MLS in short, doesn't it, really? <laughs> so, you know, fair play. You know, he's well, he's got some decent teams on his on his sheet. You know, he's played for well, he didn't play for Barnet, but he was on Barnet's books. He then went to Tromso, AIK, and you know, he's been around Europe. He's actually Finnish. You'd think with a name that- like Robert Taylor, he'd be um <laughs> He'd been born and bred in Middle England, but no, he's yeah. from uh, he's from Finland. He's had a bit of change of scenery then from Barnet yeah. to go to Toronto <laughs> and America. Barnet, Boston, and Lincoln to into Miami in oh. ten years. So That's fair play to him. Not a bad change of scenery, that. So there you go, a, a, an unscheduled trivia section to the podcast to kick yes. us off. So the first section I think we should probably cover is Neil Harris. Um, obviously, he left Cambridge <laughs> United on whatever day it was now. Um, it's, it's a really tricky one, isn't it, with Neil Harris? Obviously, he's a Millwall legend, um, but he obviously got sacked two, I'm going to say three years ago now because they wanted to change direction and got Gary Rowett in. Since then, his managerial career, he obviously got the Gillingham job, got them relegated. They obviously had their financial issues, kept them up, and then rather harshly, I still feel, got sacked this season. Then came to Cambridge, didn't exactly set the world on fire. Um, And has now left for Millwall again. In terms of Cambridge, do you think it's they've got a good compensation fee for him, I would assume, with the contract he had? Um, Do we think it's actually a benefit that Cambridge have just received the money in in a climate like this where they can maybe... He's obviously done the job, he kept them up. And then they go and get the manager they maybe did want instead of a Neil Harris sort of thing. Yeah, I think it, it makes if the if the money's there. Obviously, we know there's obviously quite a substantial amount more money in the championship than there is in League One. So to get some of that compensation from uh, from Millwall to to you know help probably fund their next managerial appointment or just fund the football club in general mm. um, isn't too bad. I don't think. Um, Obviously, in terms of an appointment for Millwall itself, we'll probably leave that to the to the Championship blokes themselves, hmm. um, because you know it's the Championship pod. Uh, but I, you know, I think it's a if for for Cambridge United, it's probably an all right appointment, like an all right decision for them to make. I mean, obviously for for Neil Harris, it probably wasn't really much of a decision to make. Hmm. You know, if if a higher division calls come in, obviously you're going to probably take it. I think. If they can get a manager in that gets them to the end of the season, that's what you're kind of looking at this point. I don't think you're going to get a forever manager at this point in the season. So if they can get someone in that sticks them through to, you know, keeps them safe for the rest of the season, you know, they are only, I think it's six points above the drop. So they're not exactly clear. No. But um, I think they'll be all right. It's just obviously you've got to get that manager to tie you over for the end of the season. So in terms of the managerial odds, Barry Corr, who was the assistant, is currently the favourite. Michael Duff is second favourite, but he's been linked with literally he's, every he, single I job. I swear, every single League One side is linked with him. Yep. Uh, Gary Rowett, <laughs> which I can't would surprise me. Down. Yeah, I can't And see the other down. is the Gareth Ainsworth. Heavy he's, metal yeah. football at Cambridge. Could you imagine? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen, is it? They're just the no. city of, as I was speaking to someone earlier, the city of bicycles and <laughs> avocado was described by uh, was described by someone. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I out of them, I'd probably give it to the assistant, someone who knows the football club. You know, they've only got what 
14 league games to the mm. end of the season, you'd think if they get 12 points, you know, four wins out of 14 games, they're in all right form, winning almost every other game recently. So I can see that they'll be all right. Cambridge United, um, I think there are definitely four worse teams going down. And to them, at least, that's probably the aim for this season is to just make sure they don't go down. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like a bit like last season, wasn't it? They stayed up by the, the skin of their teeth. This is when Mark Bonner, uh, surprisingly, just goes back to Cambridge United. Yeah, but I think anyone who puts odds on, um, anyone who puts odds on, either Michael Duff or Gary Rower, or to be fair, any of them three other than the uh, the assistant is probably going to lose a bit of money. Yeah. Uh, I did hear someone, one of my friends, suggested um, Mark Kennedy, who at this point okay. I feel like yeah. is just going to be linked to every single League One job yeah. um, that goes. Again, it, does, it doesn't seem like Cambridge United's type of manager, no. I don't think. Um, the only other one that popped into my head who's not on any of the odds was Michael Appleton. I know he yeah. failed at Charlton. Spectacularly. Very, very big time. <laughs> but... He did an okay job at, was it Blackpool? I think it was. He did a decent-ish job at Lincoln. Well, you asked Blackpool, Blackpool fans whether he did a decent job. He he was, I think he, I don't know if he got them promoted, but when he was, no, he, he didn't get them promoted, but he was with them in the championship. And he oh, just... he was the geezer that was bottom of the league with him, weren't he? Yeah. yeah and then Blackpool. you look, you asked Lincoln fans about him and, you know, he was great that season. We nearly got promoted. But then it, it almost seemed as soon as fans returned to the stadium, This I've said this on the pod before, as soon as fans returned to the stadium, he kind of just crumbled. So, mm. I, you know, Cambridge, I mean, I don't know a huge amount about the fan base. They don't seem as demanding as a, as a no. Blackpool or or anything, or a Charlton. So maybe it is the right atmosphere for a Michael Appleton, mm. you know, if, if, you, if you, you look at it like that. But I just, I can't imagine him. I mean, you never know. I you know, everything I seem to speak as will go over the, uh, the the predictions and everything I say just seems to not happen. So uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. I know, I know a little manager who's been sacked three times this season after a job. Lee Johnson, his dad yeah. also got sacked today, so or left by mutual consent. Oh, hey ho. Yeah. So right, let's get on with the fixtures. So the first one is a game you're going to be covering is Barnsley versus Derby, a big big game at the top of the league. Yeah, I think this is the theme. I, I when we were looking at the games, I was like, well, I'll go with the the ones at the top of the league because I um, <laughs> well, I quite I quite like uh, quite like the top of the table clashes. Uh, yeah, Barnsley against Derby. This match is is actually quite interesting. Um, Derby have won four out of five of the previous meetings of these sides. I think they've played each other in all of the last three seasons because I think they both did they both get relegated from the championship at the same time I think it goes back that far yeah. so um but the over the the aggregate over those last five is 11-5 to Derby uh, of course earlier in the season they won 3-0 at Pride Park I believe mm-hmm. um and Barnsley this is the stat that um that I think is quite interesting is uh, obviously you mentioned they've scored every single game this calendar year um, but they've also gone seven games at home without a clean sheet, I believe, if my if my mm. maths is correct. And we know Derby with a uh, with a recent signing in midweek mm. are a side that definitely don't lack goals. No, they don't lack creativity either. Really, when you've got Blackett Taylor, Bark Hughes, and Sibley, Hurahan, Bird, Mendes Lang, and I'm sure there's a couple of others we're missing. It's, Small it's... mention of Dwight Gale now as well to put them yeah. away. Yeah, we spoke about it on um, Monday's pod. D- Dwight Gale is obviously a completely different striker to what Derby have mm. in terms of a James Collins, a, a Martin Waghorn. So do they have to change the way they play? Or in terms of they can still get the ball wide and get crosses in, but it's just not as a floaty sort of cross. It's more of a, a cross oh, to the six-yard box sort of yeah. thing. I think I think Dwight Gale's like, obviously, you know, a lot was said about his, his time at the very top level. You know, he wasn't. Pinnacle striker that I think a lot of Newcastle fans hoped him, but you know he's still a good quality striker, isn't he? So you'd think him playing at league. I think this is the first time he's dropped this low down for is it fourteen years or something? Yeah, like so that? I think it was at Peterborough. I think was the last time he played at this sort of level. So he's he's a quality striker, and it's one of them that even 
you know, if you put any Premier League striker in, no matter what the system is, I'm not saying he's still a Premier League level striker, but if you put any one of that quality in any team in League One, you'd think they'd probably still score goals, you'd imagine. So, yeah, he obviously had a less than fruitful term at Stoke, but I think anyone playing for Stoke at the moment is having less than a fruitful time. So he, he comes in with not a lack of sharpness, but he's obviously not mm. going to be up to speed with it. So, but it's, it's a very typical Paul Warren experience signing, isn't it? If you look at like, yeah. the ages of their players, you've got Hurahan, who's at like 32, but then you've got the blendness of youth in people like Sibley, who's 22, uh, Cashin, I think, who's 21. You've got mm. that, the youth, you've got the experience. It's a really nice blend. And we're at Paul Warren time of the season, as we say every week. And yeah. it's one of them signings that does open your eyes as well. Um, mm. Obviously, he did very well in the championship with Newcastle. Yes, it was six, seven years ago. But you, I always say form is temporary and class is permanent. You don't lose as a striker. You have that goal scoring instinct regardless of you don't seem to lose that. Like I'm pretty sure if you stuck a 50 year old Teddy Sheringham and gave him 50 shots, he'd still probably score 30 of them. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a very strong signing for Derby, especially with Collins being injured, I think, for a, around a month. So it was definitely something they actually needed. It's one of them that you, you're kind of shocked that how they've done it. Obviously, you know, Derby, not a not a poor club. They've got some of the mm. high, I think it is the highest average attendance in the league, isn't it, or something, something like yeah. that. So, you know, obviously they're still restricted by some FFP financial penalties around the, the, the club, the specifics of which I'm not entirely fully clued up on. But to still be able to bring in that quality of a po- of, of player and, you know, in the knowledge that they're probably not going to get in trouble for it. Mm. Well, you doubt yeah. they would. Is is very impressive, I think, for 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 the Rams. Yeah, and considering Derby also have uh, the, I think it's the third best home form with nine wins, four draws, and three losses. But then you're playing Bar- a Barnsley side who have got the joint best away record with only the sole loss away from home, six draws and nine wins. So mm. it sh- it promises to be quite a exciting yeah. game i i still think because barnsley well, aren't shy of a goal well i was looking at the um obviously with with barnsley at home uh, barnsley have only won half of their home games which which was we you know Ooh. with a if you're a promotion chase inside home is just you've got to be near on perfect at home mm. and derby have won 65 percent of their away games this year mm. so i think you know it, it's one of them that weirdly when you're looking at the stats you know, on paper, you'd think Barnsley, they're only two places worse off than, than Derby. You know, they've scored the same amount of goals. Obviously, Derby have conceded seven less. Mm. But, you, you know, you're starting to think, you know, could this could this be a a, a close one? Could, could Barnsley grab a result? But I was, you know, I'm looking at the thing. I'm looking at the stats and the, the stats show. I mean, the stats are always wrong in my case, uh, <laughs> but the the stats are pointing for me towards a two nil derby. I think, okay. and I think well, actually, I'll go two one because Barnsley 2-1. have scored every Barnsley have scored every game. This like that's that your stat at the start. Of this has changed my prediction, <laughs> so we'll go two one. I've I've gone for a one all draw in this one, and if you're actually interested, how we did last week, so we're getting one point for a correct outcome. <laughs> Three for a correct result, and then nothing if you just get it wrong. We got between us, we got two correct scores out of twenty-four predictions. Yes. I got the Lincoln one correct, and you got the but. Funnily enough, you actually got the Barnsley score correct, so and you predicted that to be two-one. So who knows? You may get another two-one Possibly. prediction correct. Um, it's quite a big little period for Dar- uh, Barnsley because their next three, obviously, they got Derby this week. They have Wickham the game after that. And then they have Bolton. So if Barnsley are serious about getting top two, they kind of need to, I'd say, probably need, need to beat to Derby because they're at they home. Win, yeah. But they need to improve their home form. So I think that's fair. And they've got one of the worst XG conceded in the top six as well. So they're, they're not shy of conceding a chance. And I, I believe... If I remember correctly, I looked at the expected points table and Barnsley are one of the biggest overachievers in terms of points. They should be around ninth or 10th based on stats. So 
it, it's one of them. If you believe stats, then you're eventually thinking Barnsley are going to be on the end of a hammering. And it only, I suppose, it only takes an off day against a team like Derby, and you could be three or four nil down. Yeah, if if they don't show up, this it, it I mean, I'm not going to say it will get ugly because I've obviously gone two one. I think mm. it, it, you know, if, if Barnsley don't show up, it could get ugly. And I have said, you know, in my in my notes for this, I've said Barnsley they're just not convincing. No, they're you know, extremely is, is what inconsistent. Yeah, varying. Obviously. Derby's last away game, I think, was it was it was three nil against Exeter. Obviously, they last they beat Stevenage. I think that was at home last time out. Yeah. Um. So you know, Derby, you know, you know, they're on they're unbeaten in a while as well. So then, yeah, as, as are Barnsley. So well, it's the, by the very nature of being top of the table, you're probably unbeaten unless you're Peterborough United. So <laughs> just that's, 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 that's the first one of many daggers I'll be sticking straight into Peterborough United fans' hearts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'll I'll go with two one Derby with the asterisk that if Barnsley have a dodgy lasagna before the game, it could probably get very ugly. Or, or a sudden downpour and forget to put the covers on. Or that. Well, that might happen. <laughs> you never know. Um, so that's Go on that's then, what about game. you? Um, I've gone for one or win that game. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think Derby will be happy with a point. Um, and I think, to be honest, but Barnsley will be unhappy with a point. But they don't lose ground in that in that race. So... I think you take it either way if you're a Barnsley fan, don't you? If you can get anything yeah. from this, it's one of them that if you you take anything, but you would still be frustrated lose. with a draw. Yeah, yeah. If they lose, lose, that's them gone. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I, I think there is going to be. I don't think Barnsley have really had their wobble yet either. Like we, I think Bolton had a little mini wobble around mm-hmm. December time. Um, Derby obviously didn't start very quickly. Pete Ibber are going through theirs now. Oxford a little bit settled down. Stevenage are going through theirs, so it's. It's I think that entire season has just been a little wobble of unconvincingness. Yeah. <laughs> but they kind of just snuck into four, haven't they? Nobody spoke about them all season. And then Peter have it. completely capitulated. <laughs> and Barnsley have gone, oh, hello, we, we are now fourth and we need to be taken noted of, really. Yeah, it, it's weird how these storylines happen. Everyone's focusing on the big three and then Barnsley are just like, hi, we exist. <laughs> we exist. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, everyone who's trying to form this three-team narrative arc is just like, no, you don't. No, it, we've now probably got a four-team na- narrative and the team that we all thought would go up are now out of it, probably. Yeah. So moving well, on to two know. teams who are definitely not in the title race is Reading versus Shrewsbury. My beloved Shrewsbury, as everybody knows. You love um, them, don't you? Oh, yeah. Every, I, I don't know why. I, don't, I called them garbage one week when they played us. And then from then on, it just seems to have carried on that I have a hatred of Shrewsbury, and to be fair, if if we're going on this arc that um, that everyone hates boring sides, they have they have obviously they've they've scored the least in the whole mm. league this season. So therefore, by nature of that, we all hate you, Shrewsbury fans. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm on your side. It's, you know, <laughs> aim aim any hate at Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I've had no Shrewsbury or Bruce yet. Don't know if their fans exist. That's probably why. Um, Anyway, so they've got... A... I just so... that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Red... Reading have had only the two losses, roughly, since uh, November and are sitting in 16th place. Um, they had a, a very good win in midweek against a, a Port Vale side who look, are looking doomed, to be honest, under Darren Moore. Um, so they sit six points clear currently of the bottom four in 16th place. Um, they're mid-table for XG scored, XG conceded. So they're probably, if you give them like what you can, if you gave them the four points, they would be on 42 and be sitting in 13th. So, yeah, they're, they're about where fine. the... Redding yeah, are fine, Red, are fine. Especially when I you've think. got someone in the quality of Femi Aziz, who's in some excellent form. Um, he currently ranks in the top percentile for his position in terms of successful mm-hmm. dribbles and touches in the opposition box. Um, and I personally think he's one of the players that a lot of a club like Heaterborough will probably look at in the summer because they'll be able to get him cheap with the disarray dart Reddinger in off the pitch. I was quite surprised no one went for him in January, to be honest. Um, but like, thankfully for Reading, they, they kept hold of him and he, he's shown his ability and it has pulled Reading away from the relegation zone. 
a bit of a um, side note on uh, on Femi Aziz. He uh, in you know I was saying how much of a football manager fan I am mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, he left Reading after that first season, signed him up for uh, AAB in Denmark of all teams, <laughs> uh, and he's just guided me to the first Super League in in uh, in fifteen years for AAB. So there you go. There you go. If you if you needed any proof that Femi Aziz is the real deal, sign him on football manager for a second tier Danish side. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer would approve of the scouting methods as well. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. But no, he's he's a player of real quality, and like you said, if if a Peterborough United don't snatch him up, you'd think he's probably going to destined for the championship. I'd imagine. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Um, in terms of Shrewsbury, um, they are currently three points clear of Cheltenham, so that they're sitting just by the relegation zone. But they have played them two games more, just like Cheltenham. Oh, they're going have. down. They're going down. Um, now. I, yeah. I would agree. Um, I've Paul made Hurst, my mind up. So Paul Hurst has now been in charge for five games. He won his first one against Northampton. Everyone's thinking, oh, yes. And I put it there. I did put it down to the new manager bounce and a Northampton team that are full of injuries. And love and behold, they haven't won since. They've drawn two. Two very good draws, I must add, though, against Derby and Barnsley. But then two pretty disappointing defeats uh, to Cambridge and Wigan especially the Wigan game, because they were at home. Um, I just, they've got the lowest XG in the league. Um, in their next six, they've got really, really big games. They've got uh, Port Vale. They've got obviously got Reading. Um, they also have Exeter and they have Carlisle. So if they come out of their next six with, let's say, four points, it's bye-bye Shrewsbury. Back to League Two you go. But they've not um, they've you... been there for a little while, to be honest. You won't get um, any uh, any hate messages, will you? At that point, no. so there you go. No, the League Two <laughs> pod can, can deal with deal with them. I don't have to deal with Shrewsbury after after that. Um, do you know? What? I think we should move you down to the League Two podcast. No, just I... to, just, just to continue <laughs> this this character arc that you're on of being anti Shrewsbury. We'll pick someone else next year. We'll pick on another team beginning of it. We'll pick on Stockport or something like that for just no reason. I think we should do Leighton Orient next year, yeah? Yeah, I agree. Our our fans do enough of just abusing each other for no reason, so Orient are covered. If Um, we're on about, like, the averages catching up to teams, though, like we were with with Barnsley and and Derby, if you're the lowest, do you say the lowest Mm. average, like, XG side, just, yeah. I mean, wasn't it a, a few weeks ago we said we could be looking at a league where it's Charlton and Port Vale going down? mm it's probably going to be Port Vale and Shrewsbury. And that's yeah. me saying that wholeheartedly with Cheltenham and their horrific start to the season. They've won three on the bounce. Mm-hmm. How that's how they get just... Yeah, well, the thing is, I'll say that, Shrewsbury will now win. So, I, you I, know. Yeah, they will. <laughs> I haven't put them to win. Right, surprise, surprise. I have gone for another draw. I've gone for another one-all draw. Always playing it safe, aren't you? No, it'd be... Uh, they won't. Shrewsbury won't score. It's just how many will Reading get? <laughs> um, do I fancy a bit of a thrashing here or not? If you through, well, Shrewsbury have scored seven away goals, I I've just read that off the t- away table. That's rather concerning. Reading, Reading actually scored a... forty four as well. No one else. Well, other than Charlton. Reading have a really good home form as well. Nine wins, four draws, yeah. four losses. Only Wigan and um, only Wigan and Charlton have scored more than them in the bottom half of the table. Mm. Um, we'll go with a three 0 In the no, full knowledge, my I'm, one all, but... I'm half doing that to annoy Shrewsbury fans because <laughs> why not? And I'm half doing that because Femi Aziz is quite good on Football Manager. Um, so you know, vote with your heart, people, not your head. Yeah, Femi <laughs> we'll Aziz to score any time. Femi Aziz to score any time, and. Uh, Reading to win three 0 will probably return you nothing on your acker, but there you go. At least you've tried. Yeah, but do bet responsibly if you do choose to go with that. Um, <laughs> so for the next game will be. Uh, but before that, we'll go quickly go to an ad, and then we will come back. And we'll, the next game we're covering is Blackpool versus Bolton. So we'll be back in two seconds. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the League One preview podcast. So the next game we're going to cover is Blackpool versus Bolton and Callum. A big one at the top again for both teams, really. Yeah, it's it's one of them that if if Blackpool don't win, they're out of the playoff hunt. I mean, we we basically said that last week. Mm. They did win, so I guess that kind of pr- prolongs the punishment for them. Um, but they're they're out of the they're, they're, to me they're out of it already. But if they if they don't get a result here, uh, they're definitely out of it. Weirdly enough, though, there I, I was looking at the pre- their previous five meetings as well. Uh, despite them obviously, you know, being a similar level, both of these sides, uh, their f- previous five meetings go all the way back to 2016. Um, so probably not as accurate as as data as you could ask for. Uh, but uh, for those interested, Bolton win three two on aggregate over those five meetings. Um, so probably two sides that in history don't really score much uh, against each other. Um, the big thing for me is how bad Blackpool's home versus away record has been. Mm. They're shocking, third in it? the home table and they're fifteenth in the away league. How? Yeah, uh, <laughs> and that, at how? the end of the day, your away for your home form is critical to get you promoted. Your away form is there to support your home form, but you can't lose eight away games, which is the worst in the top ten. And they've only won four, which is the worst in the top 14. Even Exeter City have won more away games than them. Even Burton Albion have won the same amount of away games as Blackpool this season. And that's Burton Albion. Sorry, mm-hmm. no, I love I love you, Burton fans. I, I do. Thanks for <laughs> providing the world with Carling. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, it, I, to be fair, I think it's probably going to be quite a, a low-scoring game. Um for, for reference, Bolton are second in the home table and uh, relevant for this game. Uh, they're fourth in the away table. Um, weirdly enough, Blackpool average the same points per game at home uh, as Bolton do away at two. They both average the same amount. So um, <laughs> this is pointing directly at a draw, which mm-hmm. means that it's going to be an absolute hammering. Um, yes. I think I, I summed this up when I was doing my uh, my research. Bolton are unbeaten in seven. Blackpool are unbeaten in zero because they lost midweek in the EFL. <laughs> so, um, and I think I think Blackpool season is summed up by the quote, as I've put here, mystery of Jordan Rhodes, who uh, mm. I solved recently. I'm not sure why he was originally out, uh, but he's currently out with a rib injury. Uh, so probably keep him away from the Texas barbecue restaurant down the road. <laughs> yeah, he, he probably could because he's he's not scored for. I did wonder why you hadn't scored for ages. I know he play scored like one in ten, and then he's obviously got himself injured. Well, he's so, been out. He's it, been out since Charlton, but that was mid January, if I remember correctly. Shane Lavery so, just definitely just wanted a run in the team and's gone. Oh, here you go, Jordan. I'll just give you a little elbow in training. I mean, with, with yet again another football manager reference, it's like when you promise your player that you're going to play them a bit more, <laughs> else they'll That's kick up a foot. That is what has happened here, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, so that is literally my favourite. Since the 27th of January, he's been out with a rib injury, although apparently he's having a quote in the article that I read earlier. A positive influence on the dressing room. Uh, it can't be too positive. Uh, no, because they're not exactly... Not, they're not doing very well, so there you go. No. So they're, <laughs> they're currently six points off the playoffs. They've literally near enough got to play everyone around them. Obviously, they lost their EFL trophy game in midweek. A chance to go to... Oh, we all, I hate the Bristol Street. Street Moses Trophy, but for clubs, it is a chance to go to Wembley. Mm. I personally think that will affect them mentally because. Oh, which way though? You can always you can badly. put it in both ways. Do you think? Um, I think badly, just because they've they've still got they've still got to pull up trees to get into the playoffs. Because I know Peterborough, who Peterborough now have something to play for in terms of there is a place in a starting eleven at Wembley. That's a cup final. Yeah, they might win a cup. They might win a cup final. Yeah, who'd have thought that? As a, oh, <laughs> you know, they'll they, bottle that. They at might. They might celebrate like it's a cup <laughs> final as well. Um, then you've obviously got Barnsley and Bolton and Derby. So, I think there's one space available in the playoffs, and that's between Oxford. I still think it's between Oxford and Stevenage, personally, because I, I can't see. I can just see Steve Evans doing something. All these little apologies that he's had from the PGMOL. I think he's had 15 in total. So they'll get a dodgy penalty or something and they'll win a game 1-0 and get into the playoffs. I, I can see that favorite. It was my favourite graphic that I've seen in a while. Is that, all the time the... Steve Evans has blamed the ref. Incredible. Yeah. Brilliant, <laughs> Incredible. isn't it? Literally every loss other than an Oxford loss is the referee's fault. Never my fault. Absolutely incredible. But they are again. I don't know. It's this game. If you look on the table and you look on current thought, current form, Bolton win this two 0 But mm-hmm. I am going to go with a. We'll go with a two two. Oh, two two. Okay. We'll go. We'll go with a two two. I think. I mean, historically, there's not been many goals <laughs> in this tie. Um, I can kind of. I can see it being a two two though. Uh, based purely on the fact that um, they they average each other out at home versus away form, um, Blackpool obviously are at home, so you know you, you know a lot's to be said about having the the crowd behind you. And like you said, I, of course they they lost in midweek, but having that um, having that galvanising effect is is quite nice. And obviously hmm. they uh, they did beat Peterborough uh, the week before, didn't they? last week yeah. so of course they lost midweek but they beat them last Saturday so I suppose the galvanising effect like you say I know I've said it I still think it'll affect them negatively but it could affect them positively in terms of this is another chance for them to try and get to Wembley if they can sneak yeah. into sixth um, so who knows with, with Blackpool they're very hot and cold aren't they and I think it's quite big for Bolton that they've got Ricardo Santos back this weekend as well um, arguably one of the best centre halves in the league and I just, I don't, I just don't know what do we get with Blackpool. They're so hot and cold, um, and yeah. they've got quality in their team. They have a really good midfield in like Byers, Morgan. Um, you've got Dembele, you've got uh, Lavery, you've got Carl Joseph, you've got Marvin Epitetti, you've got James Husband. You've got a really good solid League One team. Yeah, um, and well, I, so I you, made a very. You look, their, you look at their results this this month. One nil lost to Stevenage, but then they got a draw against Oxford. And then, of course, they lost to Cheltenham Town. You know, okay, they're on a good run, but Cheltenham Town of all teams, but then beat Peterborough. Yeah. How can you even predict that? I would love to go through, and I might do this later, go through all Blackpool's 14 wins and see who they've beaten. Because I wonder if they're beating teams when the pressure's off them and they're beating teams in the top, like, sort of 10, maybe. And then when they've got to play a team that just sits in a low block, they can't break them down. I think, so that's the other, I think it's the other, maybe it's the other way around with them losing to Cheltenham, but then beating Peterborough. Maybe they they're up for it in the tough games, yeah. but then I don't know. Well, you could you could theorise, and they'll they'll probably win five 0 again. It's one of them, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I've gone for a two one to Bolton in this in this one. I made a very controversial opinion the other night about Ian Everett, and if you look if you like your stats, Bolton are the biggest overachievers in terms of expected points. And I, I said, regardless of where they are in the table, on 66 points in third place with a game in hand, 
I said Ian Everett with the squad he's got should still be getting more out of them. I I wouldn't disagree. You've got well then you could the... you could say that for all the top teams, the resources they have, you know, Portsmouth and Dar- well, Derby arguably with how big their stadium is, Portsmouth historically with how big of a club they are, hmm. could be thirty points ahead. You you could yeah. make that argument, could you? And you wouldn't sound stupid. No. I just think with the plethora of attacking options mm. Bolton have, they they should smack any team. Yes, you do everyone has off games, but they've got such a variety of forward players. You've got Bod Varson, you've got Cameron Jerome who can't hit a barn door anyway, so he's, he's pointless. Aaron Collins, Victor Adiboyjo, Dion Charles, they would three of them would get into any League One team. Mm. Adiboyjo, Charles, and Collins would get into any League One team. And you've got all of them at your club. So, yeah, must be exciting being a Bolton fan, though. Yeah, well, they'll probably sign five more strikers in the summer. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh, dear. So the next game is a uh, relegation-threatened Charlton versus uh, pace-setters Pompey. So Portsmouth have won six of their last seven now since losing to Orient 3-0. So they're in extremely good form. They've obviously got players come back from injury, but more players go out with injury, but the players that they bought in in January, and they actually did business in January, which was so, so important for them. Um, signing Callum Lang, Owen Moxon. Um, mainly for me, Callum Lang just adds something different to their front line. He's added goals, he's added creativity, he's added a bit more running power off Colby Bishop, uh, which then takes cut pressure off Colby Bishop. Um, you've got Per Harris, who's been playing well as well. They've got two players in double figures in Paddy Lane and Colby Bishop. The only concerning thing for uh, Portsmouth is away from home this year, they haven't won an away game by more than a single goal. So they're grinding yeah. out these games away from home. They're very good at home, very strong at home. But obviously it's, it is champions worthy grinding out these games away from home, but they're not convincingly doing it. And if they're playing a team like Charlton, who we know can score goals, we we uh, that even though... Charlton's home form is okay. Six wins, four draws and seven losses. And Pompey's away form is excellent with 10 wins, five draws and two losses. I think the difference is Charlton have scored 47 goals. And I don't think they can scrape a 1-0 in this game. I think there's gonna ha- they're going to have to score possibly three to win this game. Charlton obviously scored got a really good point against Bolton last time out. They shouldn't have got a point, but they did. Um, it- Obviously, Nathan Jones hasn't changed much in terms of formation. Very, It's obviously very difficult for him to do that at this point in the season. Um, Harry Eastead's come back in goal after his injury. Um, they've obviously, for Charlton, they've still played two games more than Cheltenham and Port Vale, who are one and two game, uh, two points behind them. Um, they've got the first, the third worst defence, um, but the eighth best attack. They've kept the second least clean sheets. Um and they are they are worrying figures, really. If you're if you're a Charlton fan, um, and the the head to head between the two teams was a two two draw earlier in the season. Um, I think that was one of my one of Michael Appleton's actual first games in charge. That two all draw as well. Um, you have to go up to eighth, don't you, to find a team that have uh, that have scored more in hmm. the league than, than Charlton. And obviously, you mentioned that that result against Bolton. I think what. Nathan Jones has done, despite not changing a huge amount, has just instilled this, I don't want to say arrogance, but has has instilled this, you know, you can do it. Mm. Not the never say die attitude, just that bit of confidence in the players, which they were probably lacking in. Just say, look, you are a good side. You're a good group of players, which we all know they are. Yeah. But to be able to grind out that result against Bolton is is huge, and now they're at home against Portsmouth. You can see potentially an upset on the cards. Mm. Uh, and I have gone for an upset. I have oh. gone for a 2-1 Charlton win in this one. Well, that's just completely changed my score prediction. I was going <laughs> to agree with you, but I... I, agree I, with I me. No, because I don't... I, like, I actually fancy the idea of, um, of, of getting a result here. So of of making up ground in the uh, in in this prediction, so I'm I'm gonna go with a a one nil Pompey. 
Oh, you've gone for the scrapey away win. Yeah. I I think I think oh, that that probably wins start. out over Charlton Athletics. We're gonna score when we want. Because yeah. even even, you know, you'd, you'd think a team with the quality of, of Portsmouth are able to just control a game away from home, regardless yeah. of who it's against. I think it, it, I think Portsmouth ultimately come into the game with all the pressure on them as well, mm. being top. And Charlton can kind of... It's weird saying this. I use it as a free hit, all sort of thing. If, like, if we get three points, we get three points. If we get a point, that's yeah. all right. It's just It's probably just don't get hammered. For Port for Charlton really isn't it? Because yeah. their goal difference is going to be extremely valuable. I think only being minus five, and that in itself could be actually worth an extra point to will come the end oh, of yeah. the season. I mean, I, depending on when this podcast gets released, uh, we might know whether Cheltenham Town have got a result uh, against Wigan. Mm. So, but if if Cheltenham Town do get, they'll need more than a draw. They'll need if if, if Cheltenham Town do get a result away from home. They're out of the relegation zone, uh, and Charlton are in it. So yeah. as much of a as much of a free hit as it is, Charlton could find themselves in twenty second if Port Vale and, and Cheltenham Town both win. So mm. you know, as much of a free hit as it is, it's an important free hit, <laughs> mm. isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, but I'll, I'll go with a one nil Pompey win. Okay, which hurts me because Pompey are the team that I don't hate, but I don't like to like. Yeah, I know what you mean. mean. I just don't like the idiot with the bell. There, he gets on my nerves. <laughs> he just gets yeah, on just, my nerves. They're a team that I'll, I'm not going to be like. I'll be happy that they get promoted, not because I'm happy for them, but I'm happy that I just don't need to talk about them. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> they're, get, they're just yeah. An, they're an annoying team to talk about because you expect them to win, and then sometimes yeah. They, and when when they don't win, you're annoyed that they're not winning. But when they do win, you're annoyed that they're good. Yeah, I know. So you mean. if if they could just actually win off. the next yeah. twelve games and crap off to the uh, to the championship, <laughs> we really appreciate it. Thank you, Portsmouth. So so Charlton <laughs> actually have Portsmouth this weekend. Then they've got Derby on Tuesday night. So oh, good luck. Well, congratulations yeah. on getting zero points in the next <laughs> few days. They then got Charlton Northampton Pops. away, which ain't easy. Because Northampton aren't a pushover at the moment. They've then got uh, Cheltenham, Carlisle and Fleetwood in the middle of so March. talk about having a few games where you can afford to slip up and then talk about having no pressure and then all the pressure straight after. Yeah. There are no... It gets there's no worse games there that mean nothing. They've got Wigan and then they've got Exeter, Stevenage, Barnsley, Cambridge and Shrewsbury and then Wickham on the final day. So they've actually actually got got to play everyone around them. So you, for a Charlton fan, you'd like to think you're just gonna you're gonna stay up with the fixtures, mm. but they're gonna go into them games with all the pressure on them because they are Charlton Athletic. Yeah, they're not a small club, are they? No, you don't expect to see Charlton Athletic in the first twenty-four of League Two. You expect no. to see them in League One, don't you? So, now, stranger things have happened in football. Well, stranger yeah. things. There you go. Charlie Mevin showing his class once again as a, a football owner. Well, Charlie Adam went from a loan manager to a manager, so stranger things have happened in football. Mm. Just another another opportunity to crap on Charlie Adam. Sorry. Mm. What a weird Sorry, one. Charlie Adam. You've actually done okay, hopefully. Um so we've we now move to the quick fire eight games so the first one is Oxford United versus Leighton Orient and the reason I didn't choose this over Blackpool was because I didn't want hate for choosing the team I support near enough that's near enough I, the reason no, I, I was about it. I was about to say that I was about to say that's the reason you didn't yeah. choose this game because it is quite a big game because if obviously Orient win the gap is very it shrinks quite a lot of the, for the playoffs again and um, yeah. Our defeat to Burton probably didn't help that, but we've now had a week's rest to get rid of the fatigue. Oxford obviously played in midweek. Um, Oxford have four draws in their last five, but have played games more than the teams around them. Um, so I have I have gone for Orient to beat these. I've gone for a two-one Orient win. For reference, if you if you won those two, if you won if you won last week and won this week, mm-hmm. um, and Peterborough won this week. You'd only be three points off the playoffs if Peterborough don't win this week. 
you'd only be two points off the playoffs mm. and we'd be having a completely different conversation right now. Yeah, and we've actually so, got Blackpool next Tuesday as well at home. Talk about crunch time of the season. This is our, and Richie Wellens said um, last week that it's a must-win game if we want the playoffs uh, Saturday. Which, so. to be fair, if you even gave that as a possibility, if you played that audio to someone at the start of the season and just said that was oh, from yeah. near March time, they'd have bitten your hand off. So. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think I am so happy with where we are in the table, after, especially after December. I, I couldn't be happier of where we were. And if the season ended now, it's, it's an excellent season. It's just a shame that we could be having this conversation with you in seventh, um, but by the end of it, we'll be having this conversation uh, with you in at least tenth, uh, because I'm going to go with a 2-1 Oxford United win. 2-1 to Oxford. Okie dokie. So the next game is Wigan versus Cheltenham, which is Friday night football in League One. I have no idea why it's Friday night football. But it is. Do they, do they, I bet do they have like, uh, is it on Sky? I'm not oh, sure. is rugby or something on, on Saturday, I wonder, for Wigan. Probably. Because I think they've got Leicester Leeds on Sky. Uh, um, I can't see anyone picking towards Wigan one, though, isn't it? Well, we will. <laughs> I, think, I think I'd rather watch the championship game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Cheltenham what are you have, going with this one? Um, I've gone for a one-all draw. Again, I've gone for lots of draws this weekend. Um, Cheltenham with three wins in a row. Wigan have won two from their last three. That's a setup for a draw, isn't it? I, I think so. I'll go. What have you gone with? One. I've one. gone a one-all draw. Two-two. Two-two. <laughs> I don't Ooh, like Cheltenham being the same. Score two away from home. Well, yeah, you've got, they've got to at some point, right? No, let's hope yeah. so. So we then got uh, managerless Cambridge United versus Peterborough United, who fresh from their EFL Trophy Malarkey win are going to Wembley. So I have gone for a 4 0 Peterborough win. Oh, you can't give them that. <laughs> this, is, this is meant to be the bully, the bully Peterborough podcast. I suppose it's a little bit of a derby, isn't it? This game with it um, is, yeah. So, oh, I again, it's one of them that you, 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 you. Cambridge, uh, Peterborough having a shocking run of it at the mm. minute, aren't they? They're, they're absolutely horrific. Um, but Cambridge don't have a manager. So <laughs> I, I think it, this could be the result that, that puts Peterborough United back into form in the league, but I don't think it'll be a convincing one. Um, I really don't think it'll be a convincing one. I think Cambridge United will probably have not the lion's share of the game, um, but I think they'll they'll be all right, but I don't think they'll score. And I'll go with a 2-0 Peterborough United. And I think it'll be a a goal either side of half time. And Ooh. it'll be Good it'll one. be a scrappy affair, but that'll that'll be what because like I think I heard on um is it the rest is football, they were talking about uh Hoyland mm-hmm. um and how he's found his form. And they were talking about confidence in strikers. I think it applies to the team. Just sometimes you need a result to go your way. Regardless yeah. of how it happens, you just need something to you just need it to go your way. And I think Peterborough at that point. Yeah. And I think it, it won't be easy. And obviously it's a bit of luck coming up against a managerless Cambridge United. Mm. But I'll go I'll go with a two 0 Two 0 I don't think other than a Carlisle, they probably couldn't ask to play for a better team at the moment, I would imagine. Probably not, no. I'd agree with that. Or um, maybe Shrewsbury. Oh yeah, that Shrewsbury. <laughs> no, no, knowing when that game comes around, Shrewsbury will win like two 0 and we'll be like, oh, shit. Sorry, it will go to yeah. sorry Shrewsbury. I wasn't. Yeah. I was. I need to put that gif in. I wasn't aware of your uh... your game. <laughs> um, the next one is Bristol Rovers versus relegated Carlisle. Um, Bristol Rovers have won two from their last five, and Carlisle are currently thirteen points from safety. And I have gone for a 2-0 Bristol Rovers win. I, I really, I just want Carlisle United to win. So I, I think I'm in that position where I'm aware it's going to cost me points. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fully aware that I'm not going to get the point on this one. But if Carlisle United could win 1-0, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to manifest it in the knowledge that I'm definitely going to get no points. <laughs> but Carlisle United will win 1-0. <laughs> 
you, you'll make some very happy Cumbrians if that happens. I've always wanted to go to Cumbria, so you know, I th this is mainly just me trying to get a cheap Airbnb. <laughs> if so, if so if, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, Carlisle will go one nil, and uh, I'll put all the tea candles, you know, the tea lights, and all the everything on <laughs> positive manifestations around me, um, in the hope that it actually happens. Uh, so the next game is Burton versus Northampton. Burton are actually in some. To be fair, decent form. One defeat in five and obviously beat Orient last time out. And I was extremely critical of the defensive line that Burton held in the first half in that game. If it was any deeper, it would have literally been in the high street. Um, but in the second half, they look, they actually looked like a team. Um, but um, one defeat in five pulls, pulls them away from the relegation zone. Um, and Northampton obviously got a good point in the week against Oxford and a win against a Bristol Rovers. I have gone... Surprise, surprise for a one-all draw again. I just think it's it's one of them that with with Burton, you think they're getting into good form. Of course, one defeat in in five, and then they'll probably do something Burton. Um, <laughs> which, to be fair, it's it's not a you know Burton fans. I need I need to get you back on side here. Um, but Burton, they're a side that you know you. I I. I had quite a strong affinity for Burton when they were doing quite well, um, and obviously they've they've come back down to League One recently. They're not, you know, they're not pushing maybe as high as they'd want to with the facilities they've got um, as a club. But at home to Northampton Town, who of course, you know, they've only won one in in the last five, I think it is. So we'll go with a um, we'll go with a. A two, a two nil Burton. No, two one. We'll go two, two one. Okay, okay. Two one Burton Albion. Even though I'd love it to be two one to Northampton. Uh, the next game is possibly two of the most boring teams in this league. It's Exeter City versus Lincoln. Fleetwood. Okay, I thought no, you were going to say Lincoln. Fleetwood's little mini revival has kind of stalled with two defeats in three. Um, they have Exeter and Port Vale. As their next two, so two huge games for Fleetwood. Um, Exeter currently have the second worst attack, but have now pulled themselves away from the bottom four and are currently sitting in fourteenth place. So, um, calling from Gary Cook, calling for Gary Cockwell to leave in around January time. He's done, to be fair to him, quite a good job to turn that ship around and get them in a place where they're looking like they're going to have another season in League One. Um, I have gone for a two-one Exeter City win in this one. I think this is a, a very niche start. I don't actually have it in front of me. But does anyone know what the, uh, you know, in the last 10 years or so, what the lowest goal difference is that survived the drop? Because I think Exeter might be pushing it at the minute, yeah. especially with where they are in the league table. Um, but yeah, they'll they'll win this one. 1-0. One 1-0, nil. One nil, yeah. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a forget forgettable game. And sorry to all the Fleetwood fans who are having to travel all the way down to uh, to Exeter and back to, Fair. to watch the side lose Fair one play. very boringly. Fair play to every single Fleetwood fan that goes down there. I've been to Exeter, and that was from London. And oh my god, I, it was! If you do that, I will applaud you. Fair it's, it's bloody Congratulations. absolutely milestone. To the one Fleetwood fan out of the five of you that's going to make that trip. <laughs> uh, oh, so dear. the next next one is uh, Port Vale versus uh, Lincoln City. Um, two games for Darren Moore, two losses for Darren Moore. So no upturn in form. Uh, Lincoln have actually had no defeat in seven, and oh, their yeah. players seem lots of players seem to be coming back from injury. And Scubala seems to be getting something out of them now. I think they're too late for a playoff hunt, but. They could they could have a big say in the playoff it's, race and the relegation. It's very funny you mention that because every yeah I've seen like obviously a lot of Lincoln fan sites this week have have purely been saying, um, is it too late for a playoff push? Hmm. And a lot of them, you know, a lot of them are erring on the side of caution. But it's one of them. We're only three points behind Leighton Orient, and if we're hmm. kind of predicting them potentially with an outside shot of the playoffs. With the form that Lincoln City are in, of course, you know they're not scoring the most amount of goals yet. Mm. But with Ben House coming back, you know he's already 
playing a huge role. And we saw at the weekend uh, with Teddy Bishop, of course, who's uh, who's on the press conferences today. Well, on on Thursday, um, just the role he's been playing. Obviously, we've we've played McGrandles, but then to have someone like Bishop who can come off the bench. And within five minutes, I think it was, of him coming on, he'd got the assist for Joe Taylor that won us the game. So, you know, they're starting to get that strength in depth that a, a playoff chasing side needs. Mm, that's true. Uh, away from home, it'll be a test. Obviously, Lincoln have, have had quite a few of their recent games at home as well, um, where they've been able to get results. And obviously that draw uh, against Charlton was away from home. So... Um, but I think you know. I think Scabala will uh, will set the set his stall out. They'll I think they'll take the game to Port Vale. I think they're side of getting the confidence now to do that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, and I'll go with a two nil. Yeah, same. Yeah. You've gone for the same as me, so that's good. That's why I didn't tell you my score first this time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So onto the final game, it's Moni Steve Evans versus Wickham Wanderers who miraculously beat Bradford City in that EFL trophy game to also go to Wembley. It's three defeats in four and three complaints in four for Steve Evans' men, um, who still somehow sit three points off Peterborough, who occupies sixth place. Just the two defeats in 2024 for Wickham. So I think this would be quite a good game, to be honest. The ball will be in the air for most of it, but... I've gone for another Steve Evans masterclass in terms of a press conference and gone for a 2-1 Wickham win. <laughs> I think it's it's very similar to, to Barnsley in a way Wickham are, where no one's really paying attention to them. But unlike Barnsley, they're not climbing the table or no. they're not perceived to be climbing the table. They're just kind of meh. Um, and I can kind of see them dragging Stevenage down a little bit. Mm-hmm just by virtue of the fact that they're not trying to play exciting football. A lot of the teams that Steve Evans beats, you know, I'll, I'll put Lincoln into this category. Lincoln tried to play their game. They did, you know, obviously yeah. they, they try a little bit to set up against the Steve Evans side, but they, they try and play their own game against Stevenage, which I think with that style of football, you, you can't really do. I think Wickham are just a bit, and I mean this in the greatest of respect, they're going to try and outbore Steve Evans. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's possible, but that's what they're going to try and do. Yeah. And I've, I've kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with a, with a nil nil. I, I can see, I can see. I've, I don't think I've ever predicted a nil nil on this podcast. Uh, um, no, you haven't. But I'm going to, I am going to go with a nil nil. I think. How? What if it is nil nil? What are the odds on Steve Evans moaning to PGMMO and getting another apology? Oh, he'll, com- he'll complain that the. Bleeding penalty spot isn't the right size. <laughs> Just oh, it's... one thing I will say: I criticise. Well, we have a joke about Steve Evans quite a lot, but he does get the best out of everybody he's got. Yeah. Keeping Stevenage in seventh place is a uh, is an excellent job. But uh, if you could stop moaning about referees, please, Steve. And sometimes you're well within your right to moan about referees, but please sometimes take responsibility that you were I, I, shit. I know this podcast isn't sponsored by BetterHelp. But <laughs> could Steve Evans go and see the better help version of referee complaining so he just doesn't do it? He wouldn't look out of place in the Premier League, Steve Evans, with the moaning he does. Probably but not. He does... Oh, don't, don't give Steve Evans the chance to complain about VAR with beer or nine. Oh, my. Oh, he does no. give for entertaining press conferences, though. Well, Somebody's yeah, but the press conference would never end. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah! Don't oh. please don't ever bring VAR though to League One. Could you imagine the refs can barely tie their own shoelaces oh, no, in our league? Bring it to League One. Just get rid of Steve Evans <laughs> in the process. <laughs> Put Steve Evans in the VAR room, and we'd oh we'd love it. I, I'd I'd I, love it. <laughs> I made a very bold prediction that Steve Bridge would actually go down next year because no, I, Steve Evans... I would love that. <laughs> Steve Evans did this at Gillingham. He signed a new contract with them around where Stevenage are now at the summer, and they were bomb. So I, I've predicted the same very early on. Good. Let's hope that... I'm, I'm, well, I'm, no, I, I never wish ill will on any team other than Shrewsbury. So, <laughs> and Peterborough United, and seemingly Burton as well. Do you know what? I just Half the teams, I don't... If Lincoln City have played you recently, or I just don't like you, 
then I'm going to wish ill will on you. <laughs> um, but of March, we've got Lincoln away. Oh dear. So that well, you want to stay tuned for that podcast. Mm, that's just going to be a bullying session between us. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you never know. That, by that point, that could really be a a, a playoff game. final. Well, you never yeah. know. There you go. Who knows? Who knows? But that about wraps up the preview show this week for the League One podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you are travelling to a game, safe travels this weekend. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your week. And make sure you tune in to the review show on Monday with Jamie and Seb. But from me and Callum, hope you enjoy the weekend and goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.